Welcome to March 5 Music Podcast. My next guest, Grammy Award winner, American Music Award winner, Songwriters Hall of Fame inductee, Soul Train Lifetime Achievement Award. We'll talk hits, Jungle Boogie, Too Hot, Summer Madness. Give it up for Mr. Robert Cool Bell. All right. I would like to welcome 50 years in the music business, 50 years, wow, two Grammys, seven American Music Awards, Billboard Award, Hollywood Walk of Fame, Soul Train Lifetime Achievement Award, Songwriters Hall of Fame. I've been pushing it, man. Please welcome Mr. Robert Cool Bell. How are you, sir? I'm wonderful. How you doing, Ricardo? Man, I'm doing great, man. I've been waiting to talk to you. I mean, it's it's a pleasure to speak to a living legend. Thank you. My pleasure. So we got to find out, you know, your illustrious career. You've been, um, you've done everything. I don't know what else is it. What else could you possibly do after 50 years, right, in this business? But I'd like to know, um, and I'm sure the audience wants to know, where did Cool and the Gang start there? Where did you guys get your start? We started back in 1964 in Jersey City. And uh, our first name was the Jazziacs. And that was because of the love of jazz. You know, my brother was into John Coltrane. Yes, indeed. DT was into Cannibal Alley. You know, I listened to Ron Carter and George uh, Philly Joel Jones and, you know, the Jazziacs. Right, right. <laughs> then we got involved with... Uh, an organization called the Soul Town Review. Okay. Now, the Soul Town Review was trying to be like the Motown Review, and we became the Soul Town Band. So we had to back up, you know, at least uh, 10 artists that were singing Motown songs. Got it. So needless to say, we had to learn these songs from <laughs> some of your Big artists in the Motown, The Temptations, uh, Donna Ross and Supremes, right. Jenny Walker and the All-Stars. So we became the Soul Town Band. And we did that for maybe about a year. And then we left that organization. And we um, was working in a club. And one of the master of ceremonies of the uh, Soul Town Review had this idea at a club in Newark called the Blue Note. Yes. He had this poster. And the poster uh, had a cube of ice and cool written into it, and then he had uh, uh, some fire under it, melting the ice in it. Right, right. We became cool and the flame. <laughs> cool and the flames. Cool and the flames. <laughs> cool and the flames. So we held on to that name until we met our first producer and manager, a gentleman by the name of Gene Red. And Gene Red's father worked with James Brown. Okay. He said, well, no, we can't use the flame because you have James Brown and the famous flames. So we said, that didn't work. So we thought of a lot of names to call ourselves, and nothing was working. So Gene said, why don't you just call it Cool in the Game? I mean, because you're jazz, you're backing up uh, the artists with Soul Town and your music. Just call it Cool in the Game. Smart and that's what we did. Smart and we, Yeah, we recorded our first album. Uh, single. The single is called Cool in the Gang. The album is called Cool in the Gang. And we introduced ourselves into the business as Cool in the Gang. That was a smart move. Smart move. Um, 
When you guys um, got into the music business and you decided, when did you know you wanted to write? Like, when was that that moment to say, hey, you know what? I want to start writing music. Cool and the gang is here. Where do we go next? Well, we started writing that in the beginning of the Cool and the Gang, you know, that first album. You know, we were writing along with uh, Gene Red. Uh, songs like uh, Sea of Tranquility or uh, Breathing Soul. Right. And we did we did uh, one cover on there called Since I Lost My Baby uh, on that album. And we continued to write, you know, we was writing all kind of stuff. I mean, we came up with titles like Funky Granny. <laughs> <laughs> Funky Man. <laughs> Good times. Uh, N.T. Right. You know, and it, it went on and on all, all the way up until we got our big hits uh, in the mid-70s, Funky Stuff. Okay. Hollywood Swinging. Yes. Jungle yes. Boogie. And on and on. Summer Madness, Open Sesame, you know, we just Oh yeah. We just write what we were feeling and as we were growing as a group. Now did, did you know did, the songs that you were writing were were gonna be timeless songs? You know, you, you you talk about like you said, Jungle Boogie, Hollywood Swingers, Cherish, uh, Summer Madness. I mean the list goes on and on. I don't know how you guys have lasted so long with so many hits after all of these years and you guys are still going strong. How did you, how do you know when you have a hit? Well, <laughs> you feel good about it. Okay. Uh, you know, um, songs like, uh, like funky stuff and uh, Hollywood swinging and, and jungle boogie. We felt that funky stuff, our late guitarist, uh, Charles Smith. Okay. He came up with this guitar part that sounded like two people playing, you know. And so that got to be different. Right. And that became a big record. That was number one for about eight weeks. Wow. And uh, then on that same album, we had, uh, you know, Hollywood Swinging and, uh, and Jungle Boogie. Now, the story behind that, we were with our record company. And the record company said, listen, um, you guys are um, coming up with um, territorial hits. At that time, he was talking about Funky Granny or Funky Man or, 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 or NT. Right. Or Who's Going to Take the Weight, which became a very popular song later. But uh, there was this song out called um, uh, uh, Soul Makusa. I remember that. By yeah. Imago DeBango. Yes. Or DeMago. The producer... I had met with our record company, and our record company said, listen, we want you to meet with this guy who produced the song. And uh, we said, okay. We had one meeting with him, and we, we weren't feeling him. So we went to the studio, uh, Baggy Sound, Soho area of New York. Yes. We went in there at 8 o'clock in the morning. By midnight, we had created funky stuff, Jungle Boogie, and Hollywood swinging all at one night. So needless to say, no more problems from the record company. <laughs> <laughs> no, all in one night. That's that's just incredible, incredible. Well, I guess our back was against the wall. Yeah, back off the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta take chances. You know, you gotta right. take chances in this business. Now, what made you like stay in the business? Because I noticed um, many artists from years ago, they they came and went. You know, they left. Um, they had a short stint. And they didn't survive. How did you guys cool in the gang? How were you guys able to survive 
the music business because you guys were involved in the music business when it was it was the music business. It was gritty, you know. Yeah. Well, I think uh, it was the uh, support of our fan, our fan base, and uh, we uh, continued to make changes. You know, uh, each decade. You know, uh, they counted us out after the first decade <laughs> after having uh, summer madness and. Uh, Open Sesame. Open Sesame kind of turned it back around because that was in that movie, you know, right. uh, uh, Saturday Night Fever. Yes, I remember that. Became, yeah, it became yeah. one of your top movies until Michael Jackson came with Thriller. Now, Saturday Night Fever has sold over 20 million records. It was us and the Bee Gees and, you know, Casey and the Sunshine Band, the Tavares, right. and then Michael came back and <laughs> Thriller <laughs> sold 30 million. <laughs> but right. after that time period, there was this anti-dance uh, music movement going on, and they were burning records in Chicago, and everything was anti-dance. Although we didn't feel that we had this our music was disco music, but you could you could dance off it. Right. But anyway, we're on tour with the Jacksons. That's when Michael was there mm-hmm. with the Jackson Five. Yes. Okay, and uh, Dick Griffey uh, was. Uh, uh, promoting that tour. Plus, you know, Dick Griffey had sold our records and et cetera. Absolutely. And Dick Griffey came to us and said, listen, you guys are doing pretty good on the tour. I like what you're doing. But I think you need a lead singer. And we said, hmm, lead, lead singer? So a lot of the music that we were writing didn't have really a, a lead vocals on there, but it right. was open to a lead vocalist. Right. So we um, we met uh, James J.T. Taylor. He was... Um, uh, uh, living in Hackensack, and uh, the owner of the studio said, I got somebody that I want to recommend. And uh, so uh, James came to the studio. And we thought about it. He said, you know, you got Lionel Richie with the Commodores, right. uh, Philip Bailey, Maurice White, with Earth, Wind, and Fire. It's maybe it's time. Yeah, that missing piece, right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm out there hanging in New York, my wife and I, uh, in the city, and uh, we noticed that. We was hanging out at the, you know, uh, Regines in uh, Studio 54. And uh, we noticed that every weekend there was a ladies' night. Ah, I said, ladies' night. So I went back, told the guy, said, hey, man, I got a great uh, idea for the album. And they said, uh, now what? I said, ladies' night. He said, yeah, man. <laughs> ladies' night. I right. mean, every weekend there's a ladies' night. That's right. And then I had the song hanging out. So I brought the song t- to the fellas. And George Brown uh, came up with the music track and also helped w- with the song and uh, JT and my brother. And because uh, he said, hey, it's a ladies' night everywhere. So that was the first single with James JT Jail. Wow. That, 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 was a good, that was a great, great song. I remember Studio 54. I've been there once. And <laughs> okay. you write Friday night with ladies' night. <laughs> Yeah, that, that record blew up. You know, the late Frankie Crocker, he broke that record. Yes. He broke that record, Ladies Night. I remember. Also, that. Frankie Crocker was involved with Hollywood Swinging. You know, remember they used to call Frankie the Hollywood Rocker? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, because I know I knew Vaughn Harper. Vaughn Harper and I were really good friends. All of my buddies back in the day. Yes, Vaughn. indeed. Yes, indeed. He, uh, well, Frankie discovered Vaughn, and I remember um, hearing, because I grew up in Brooklyn, and I remember hearing the Hollywood Swingers, man. It was every day. All day, every week, all oh, yeah. weekend. It was a great song, and it's a classic. It's timeless. timeless. And Frankie also 
we'll play Summer Madness. Yes, indeed. His shows when he's signing off. Right, right. Do there I go, there I go. Then you hear, you know, there goes Summer Madness. Right. With that, with that bass at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been great, man. You you guys had a great run. I mean, working with um, you know, working with the greats, as you said, Michael Jackson, the Jacksons, um, having toured with them, having so many hits. How did you come up with um one one song I gotta ask you about is Jungle Boogie? Well, that was that uh that 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 uh one day in the studio down there in uh uh, in uh, New York at Baggies. Right, right. He saw his grooving and he has such a nice groove to it. Right. And then, uh, you know, well, I think with DT did a little holler on the end, like Tarzan and, and <laughs> whatever. But then Donald Boyce, who yeah. was working for us, okay, uh, he said, I got something for that. So we, we brought Donald into the studio and he became the voice of the boogie. The voice of the boogie. Uh, <laughs> I remember that. that. Uh, those voices and screaming that <laughs> that, that was uh uh oh, right now okay <laughs> that was that was it man i mean that was just a classic with the high heel shoes and the the, the bell bottom <laughs> pants <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah. oh yeah we didn't know what was going to happen with that i mean uh but uh that turned our career around in the 70s you know right and then you know like i said then came some of madness and open sesame Right, because you guys were able to sustain uh, five decades, which is which is remarkable, and and in any any field, let alone the music business, to go out with hit after hit after hit. You know, like with Too Hot was another one, a great song, great melody, great bassline, everything was just great. And you know, you guys had a great horn section as well, which kind of solidified a full full band. Because you guys were like competitive almost with Earth, Wind, and Fire, but you guys had your own sound, which was great as well. Yeah, well, if you go back in the day, you remember uh, Willie Feaster and the Mighty Magnificence? Yeah. Skip Sunday and the Pace Brothers? Right. They taught us a lot of lessons coming out of church and coming to New York to Apollo. <laughs> These guys were grooving and dancing and, and spinning their horns. Plus, they had Skip Sunday and the Pace Brothers with three singers. Right. So they had the singers and the music and the band. I said, yeah, we got to reach that level with them. Right, right. And we went on surpass them, but, you know... <laughs> 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 we say coming out of Jersey City, man. It's show business, man. You got to really get your act together, right? And we did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jersey City is a really cool town. You know, um, right next to New York. For those who don't know, um, I'm sitting here with um, the legendary Robert Cool Bell from Cool in the Gang, co-founder of Cool in the Gang. And um, I love the fact that you guys are so approachable to uh, have sustained so much talent and so much recognition and, and um, to be approachable, which is a beautiful thing Two Grammys. I mean, how do you seven American music awards? What was it like going into the songwriters hall of fame? Wonderful. Cause the song uh, writers hall of fame is when you get the respect from your, your peers, your right. songwriters, you know? Right. I mean, we um, have been waiting for the rock and roll hall of fame. And what, what's going on? Out. They gonna wake up? Do, do we have to look, look? Do we have to pay them a visit? <laughs> like what's but taking the, so long? But I realized that how large the songwriters' whole thing was. I mean, it, it felt like bigger than the Grammys and all put all, all of them put together when right. we um, when we got the award and all the the the, the, the who's who's and the uh, record industry was there from yeah you know yeah Tommy mm-hmm. Matola to you. 
Clyde Davises. And it, I said, wow, this yeah. is huge. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big and, feat, man. That is big. It's huge. Oh, yeah. We felt very good about that. That's good. That's good. Now, going into um, your different awards, as I said, the Hollywood Walk of Fame, that was a beautiful thing. Um, Billboard Awards. Um, you guys have accomplished pretty much everything musically, right? But what happens to Cool and the Gang when we talk about the sample side of it? Because uh, the, you guys are like one of the most sampled um, artists in the music business. Yeah, that's what they say. Before he passed, though, again, our good brother, James Brown said, yeah, uh, I'm number one. They're number two. <laughs> Is that what he said? <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm number two. I, we're number two. Hey, right, but, right. Uh, you know, the sampling thing was that uh, before they passed the law uh, for sampling, you know, it was like the wild, wild west. So we had to send somebody out on sample patrol. Right. I love that <laughs> sample patrol. <laughs> 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 and uh, so they finally passed the law. And if I'm not mistaken, I think uh, President Biden was one of the ones who voted on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, that if you uh, sample a song, you have to pay the royalty and the right. record companies. So anybody that went to sample after that had to get an okay uh, from the uh, from the artist or their publisher. Right. Because if not, then the record company was not going to release their record. It makes so sense. It makes sense. That, that became a uh, a bad thing to a good thing. That's right. That's right. Now the publishing. I mean, how many songs have have how many of your songs have been sampled? Oh, that's a good question. Many, <laughs> many. <laughs> All right, we'll leave it at many. That's cool. I mean, when you have when you have so many hits, um, it's hard to really go back and say, "Hey, we want to sample this song of Cool in the Gang," because you guys have so many hits. So, I mean, we have thirty one, thirty one gold and platinum records, right? Mm-hmm, somewhere mm-hmm. around there um, how, how does someone pick and choose and how do you know when you want to release a sample to an artist because it may be a song a hip hop song that you really don't care for what they're talking about within the, their portion of it but they want to sample Cool the Gang's portion of it have you actually had a chance to turn down a sample a sample request well yeah, well, that a lot of that was happening like I said before the uh, the sample uh, yeah Law came uh, and, uh, and watching it, but uh, there's uh, a few favorites uh, that happened with Will Smith with "Summer Madness," right. "Summertime." That's he went on and got a Grammy. Yes, indeed. He went platinum, and he went into the movie business. There we go. <laughs> Off of your song. <laughs> <laughs> and then you had uh, Diddy. Uh, now uh, at that time, his name was Puffy. Right. And he came to me at the Apollo Theater, man. He said, yeah, man. You know, cool, man. I, I'm going to sample one of your songs. It's going to be huge. I'm listening to him. I said, what is that? Right. So he turned around. He sampled Hollywood Swinging. <laughs> it was uh, it became Bad Boy. That's right. It was Bad Boy. Yeah. With Mace. Yes, Another indeed. Big yes, indeed. Another big and then there was, uh, you know, for even, even Snoop uh, 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 sampled some of our music and uh, uh, Madonna, um, yeah, Janet Jackson, uh, wow, you know, Tribe Called Quest, Nas, it goes on and on. Right, it's just mind blowing how everyone. Um, with a good thing about sampling, I think, especially now that the law has changed, I think it gives an artist an opportunity to um, appreciate 
and especially the person or the persons that have that want to sample your music, they have an appreciation for your sound and they have an appreciation for your work. And they want to kind of like take it to the next level into the next genre or the next section, whichever way it goes. I think that's right. a really good thing. Yeah. So do I. And giving people the opportunity to um to listen to Cool in the Gang, because Cool in the Gang is everywhere. I mean, it, it is what it is, man. You guys are like the top band of all times. Um, and uh it's it's just a beautiful thing. Now I gotta ask you about um what do you what advice do you give someone that wants to go into the music business? What do you say to them? A young person says, Hey, Mr. Cool, you know, I wanna I wanna go into the music business. What do I need to do? Well, they should work hard at their craft and be uh, uh, sincere and serious about, you know, what they want to do. And uh, also to uh, learn as much about the music business as a business, as well as uh, being an artist. And being an artist, you have to try to be creative and create your own sound, which is kind of hard to do today. Right. Everything sounds the same. Everything sounds the same. Day, yeah. But back in the day, if you heard the Ohio players, you knew they were Ohio players. If you heard, uh, you know, uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire or the Commodores, uh, uh, the various groups of that time, we all had our own sound. Now, would you contribute that to social media, like, say, iTunes and YouTube and all these different uh, social media platforms? Everybody's listening for that certain sound, but they're trying to duplicate what yeah, that's why everything sounds alike. Everything sounds the same. Yeah, either Burger King or McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> and the record company says that's how you look at it. <laughs> oh, what have you done lately? Right, right. That's oh, right. Well, this is new artist coming out. Right. We'll put our money in Justin Timberlake. That's we'll right. We'll put our money over here, money over there. At the same time, they control all our catalog. They're constantly making money off our catalog. They take our catalog money and break new artists. I don't have anything against new artists. Right. But what I'm saying, that's the business. That's the business. Yeah, that's 95, what is it, 95%? I talked to Vaughn about this once before. He said it's 95% business and 5% music. He said, because once you walk off that stage, somebody's got to count that money. You know, and, yeah. and a lot of artists don't get it because they don't understand the business side of it, the copyright side of it, the, you know, the, uh, the, the, the legal side of uh, the ramifications of copyrights. Yeah, and the uh, control of the masses. Uh, right. Who on the masters is the master. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have right. to be able to control your own masters as well. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I mean, that, that's important. I mean, um, knowing, you know, what to control and how to control and understanding the music. Like I said, it's 95% um, business and 5% music. Now, what I want to ask you is how did you get into bass? The bass is uh is the bottom part of any song, and how did you get involved in that? And do you play any other instruments besides bass? No, it's pretty much bass. Okay, uh, I played a little bongos and congas uh, when we first moved out of Youngstown, Ohio, to Jersey City. But uh, the late Spike Mickens' uh, brother played guitar, mm-hmm. and we all used to hang out at Spike's house. Myself, or DT, you know, uh, my brother Kalis, uh, and. Uh, I'm fooling around with, uh, his name was Butch uh, Mickens, uh, with his guitar. And I learned how to play one song on one string called Coming Home Baby. By nice. Man. And, and you play the whole song on the one string. <laughs> and 
so one day we were at the Cafe Wa, and uh, they had those hoot nannies on Sundays. And my brother said, man, why don't you pick up that bass and play that one song, Coming Home Baby, you know, on that one swing. Right. <laughs> and now I'm going from a guitar to a bass. Right, right. And uh, at least I knew how to play that one song on a, on a guitar string. So right. the bass string, you got that thick E string. Right. <laughs> and uh, that's what happened. And uh, I gravitated towards playing bass. That's how I became a bass player. Wow. Then I had cool. to learn and listen to music and Charles Smith was very good uh, and uh, showing me stuff because he played guitar, mm-hmm. showing the stuff on the on the bass and uh, listening to records and because uh, a lot of our music we created ourselves, you know, right. uh, we didn't have to, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, be with uh, a, a situation with uh, where you went to school for music or, you know, uh, we, you know, we learned from the street. Yeah, you basically taught yourself, which is which is pretty cool. Self-taught, yeah. Self-taught, and you were, uh, um, as I say, I keep saying a living legend as a songwriter, um, creating and crafting a song. What is the chemistry? How do you come up with the chemistry for any song that you've done? Like, uh, do you just play a bass? Do you have someone play keys to start off with? What What is your What is your um, chemistry? It depends on the song. Okay. Uh, sometimes it's uh, the drums and the bass. You know that we look at at the foundation. You right. know you got a good, good funky groove going on, and bass, the bass with the drums, and then you build, you know, the uh, keyboards, right. and then uh, uh, the guitar working around that, and then you have uh, the horn section, and that's the fun. Now, just just like that, you make it sound so easy, man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, it, it's the cool formula. It's the cool that, formula. That, there you go. Well, formula. That's how we did it. Got it. Now, you have other scenarios like George Brown, like Too Hot. He wrote that song 100% because it was something that happened in his life. Okay. You know, things got too hot and 16, they fell in love. And, uh, you know, you know the story. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So a lot of songs uh, is by uh, some of the guys wrote and other ones we did together. Got it. So when you write, just for, for folks that are interested in, in recording, because really what we try to do is educate people about um, great artists and great people that have uh, made a great contribution into society, and you actually have done that. When you look at the music side of it, from copywriting music to playing music to recording music, have you been involved or have you been uh, close to a particular recording studio? I know you said you recorded down in the village which was uh, crazy back then. Um, what area of um, recording would you, do you get into like engineering at all? Is it just production or arranging? What's, what's your side? Well, uh, my side is more just uh, coming up with ideas and concepts and also playing the bass. My brother was more on the uh, recording side and a, and a hell of a writer too. Got it. And also uh, George Brown uh, out on the West Coast, you know, mm-hmm. uh, he had his studios on the West Coast. And, my, you know, you know, I lost my brother six months yes, ago. Yes, yes. My condolences. Yes, absolutely. He had his studio on the East Coast and then he had a studio down in uh, St. Thomas. And uh, he was writing a lot of music there. Matter of fact, uh, next single coming out next month, one of the last songs that my brother wrote uh, called Pursuit of Happiness. Yes. Along with... Uh, uh, Walt Anderson, who was the youngest guy in the band, and uh, another brother named Belay from Atlanta. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, that was the last song that he wrote, uh, Pursuit of Happiness, which will uh, be out. Now, it's Pursuit of Happiness, I believe it's on YouTube. Is it out on iTunes at all? Yeah, it's on YouTube. Okay. But uh, we're getting ready to officially come out with the record. And it'll be out next month, a uh, new video, and uh, the total promotion. Right now, that was, the YouTube was, was, was a teaser. <laughs> That makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Now, are you guys going to have a follow-up album after that single, Pursuit of Happiness? Yeah, it's called Perfect Union. Perfect Union, okay. It will be out in uh, in June. Okay. Now, Pursuit of Happiness, uh, my brother, like I said, he was the main writer for that song. Right. Uh, he also uh, was a key writer for Celebration. And then when uh, uh, President Biden was nominated, they played Celebration. Right. When President Biden won, Celebration was one of the most played songs in the world. That's right. That's now, right. in the song, Pursuit of Happiness, my brother speaks about the lyrics of them together. was just talking about for the pursuit of happiness, you know, world peace, perfect union, which is part of the Constitution. Right. And Biden, when he accepted the nomination, he went into the pursuit of happiness World peace, perfect union. How ironic is that, right? So my brother had you know, he had some insight on that, you know, in terms of that. It, it so, may have so been inside call. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> and the album, like I said, will be out in, in June. Okay. Now I want to talk to you about your. Um, you have a great line behind you that I can't wait to talk about. It's called Le Cool Champagne. Is that right? Yes. I mean, I got the bottles. Are they look great? And I need everybody needs to know, man. I mean, what's going on? How did you guys come up with the Lecou Champagne? Well, we were touring a couple of years ago uh, in Europe, and we had about uh, twelve to fifteen shows in France. Okay. And the uh, promoter came to me and he said, "Listen, uh, I'm doing something uh, champagne with the late or the Barry White lookalike, uh, and I'm doing something with one of the." BGs. I said, would you like to do a champagne on your tour? I said, well, I'm not quite interested in that because uh, after uh, my fans coming to a concert, I think they're more into a t-shirt, cap, something like that. I don't right. know if they want to buy a, a bottle of champagne. <laughs> right. So, well, I said that, I want to go on the shelves. He said, oh, said, yeah, I want to go on the shelves, you know? And I came up with this name called Le Cool Champagne. And I wanted it to break in France first so that when it came to America, it would be, oh, what's this champagne? Well, right. some champagne region, the region of Dom Perignon, Pearl Picot, and Moet Chandon, and Dom Renat. Right. You know, so that was my whole thing. And then they got Le Coup. <laughs> now we have Le Coup. I love now it. Now we man. got backed up a little bit with the pandemic, but, you know, I, I would say that the champagne has really started this year. Okay. In terms of our promotion and uh, the things that we're going to do. Now, I haven't worked uh, on the road for a while, so it gives, gives me a chance to promote the champagne. Right. And I've been doing it the old school way. You know, I've been taking it to, to stores to order the champagne, and I'll come in and do a bottle signing, like we used to do album signing. Right. You know, so, you know, for, for now. So it's starting to pick up. Uh, right now we have distribution in four states. No, five states, New York, New Jersey, okay, Georgia, Florida, 
and L.A. Gotcha. But, you know, we got to get the rest of the country, you know. It's right. not like the record business, though. Each right. state, you have to get compliance and get the okay in each state. You just can't just go out there like we should put a record out. Right. But it's been good, and uh, I've been happy about it. Uh, I have my uh, rosé. Okay. For the ladies, because I hear the ladies <laughs> love rosé. There you go. We finally got rosé coming in. <laughs> it comes in about two weeks. But the main uh, one that we have is called the, the Grand Cook. Okay. And uh, we're going to have a LeBlanc, LeBlanc coming in by, by the end of the year. So, so you have like a whole line of uh, champagnes, different types oh, of yeah, champagne. I mean, yeah. I'm enjoying it. Nice. You know, I got a little saying there. Okay. Okay. Uh, when the summer becomes madness and it gets too hot, have you a nice ice cold glass of the cool champagne. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it how you incorporate the lyrics with the <laughs> That's genius. That's genius. Well, listen, man, I, I thank you for um, giving me your time. Uh, I thank you for coming on to March 5 Music Podcast. It was a pleasure. Um, I know you're a busy man and you got a lot going on and you got to promote that champagne. But uh, I would love to uh, have you back okay. once, your, uh, once your album comes out. It would be a great thing to um, push that album. Uh, it's called Perfect Union, right? Perfect Union. Perfect yeah. Union will be out in 2021. I believe you said it was available in June 2021. Yeah, the album and the single's coming out next month, though. And you're right. It was on YouTube. Okay. It was uh, uh, slightly animated. Okay. And uh, we got a lot of uh, feedback on that one. We got good. good compliments. Good. So good. now we got to come out with the full thing now. Now we're ready to go. It's been mixed, mastered. Right. And we got a new video coming out. And we have some uh, vignettes. Uh, I guess uh, my uh, publicist, I guess something to you. You know, we got the cooling game. Cartoons, the story, vignette. It's a documentary, animated. It's an animated documentary. So you you holding out on me, man? When, when, when's this coming out? The Cool the Game cartoons. That's <laughs> but that that's out in terms of a teaser, also. Gotcha. Okay. If you go up, you'll see five five versions right now. Okay. But we have, we have to finish it up. But that's out. That sounds like a really good idea. I mean, it, will it tell the story of Cool in the Gang, of Robert Kubel and the Cool in the Gang? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I'll make sure that uh, Angelo and uh, Kevin get that to you if we can take a look at Absolutely. it. Quite Absolutely. Absolutely. Quite interesting. Yeah. I mean, anything that you, like, you're working on, like I said, I would love to push it. And, um, you know, we're, we're in 10 countries right now. And um, I'm oh. excited. Yeah. I'm excited to, uh, to bring, because everybody knows Cool in the Gang. And I can't wait to um, release this podcast out there. Um, Are you in Africa? Not in Africa. Okay. We're not in Africa. We're in uh, France. We're in Germany. We're in London. We're in Canada. Obviously, the United All States, the Philippines. Yeah, yeah, the okay. Philippines. I'll send you a text once we're done with the uh, information where we are. But yeah, it, we're in ten countries, and it's 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 going pretty well. And it, again, it's just promoting greatness, which you are. Right. I mean, you're you're um, funk royalty, if you will. You know, the R and B funk world. I mean, your your music is timeless and, and classic. You know, many people have gotten married from your music. You know, many great oh, things yeah. have happened throughout your music. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's uh it's a pleasure. I'm here there was many babies were born off of summer madness too. Man, <laughs> man. Look, I may have been one of them. <laughs> I may have been one of them. Uh, yeah. No, but, but uh, too hot. I mean, like you said, so many great songs. I mean, you guys, you you've been a, a pillar in the music uh, society. Greatly appreciated. 
Um, much respect to Cool in the Gang, Robert Cool Bell, co-founder of Cool in the Gang. Uh, you guys have been tremendous, made a tremendous contribution in the music world, and I thank you for that. Okay, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. But don't go nowhere. I want to um, thank Robert Cool Bell for um, for being here, at March Five Music Podcast, and we will have you back soon. Hold tight, all right. Oh, my love.